Yo, let's talk about recognition and respect While I feast, the label's picking up the check Then I leave to catch my set The audience never forgets When I'm on stage, there's serotonin drips With each phrase from my lips Each riff that he rips The sway of the hips while I'm signing What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Recognition and Respect on the La Clica Podcast Network I'm recording this intro on Sunday, January 5th Today's conversation was recorded a couple of weeks ago, um, actually almost a month ago now. Uh, me and my boy Ray met up after he did his last final, and uh, we talked about how to manage school, full-time student, full-time business owner, talked about his 2019, all the things that we did together, and we also talked about what we see coming up in the future. A lot of dope stuff going on in this conversation uh no adventure time today this episode's pretty long as it is already so i'm just gonna just jump straight into it just want to tell y'all i will be back at novocaine so if you're listening to this in the future just know every tuesday i will be at novocaine on uh, santa fe and slauson 9 p.m to close dropping the tombs eating the plant-based food options and just having a great time with the craft cocktails and the hot waitresses and the hot bartenders and all that so come through turn up keep uh keep an eye out for my schedule speakeasy maywood every second friday and uh, other other monthlies and weeklies that i'm be coming up at new venues so just be on the lookout for that hip the return of hip hops and uh more border x stuff and just yeah be on the lookout for all that um i have viva mezcal on the podcast soon uh and I'm going to try to re- release that one ASAP since he's trying to promote a show. And uh, I'm also going to continue to be re-releasing season one episodes on the La Clica podcast network with uh, new and updated Adventure Times and updates. So if you're listening on the Recognition and Respect feed and you want to hear adventure time stories from the week uh upcoming events and all that just uh go and subscribe at likely got podcast and uh check out the season one episodes that are being re-released and the intros have uh updated current current event info and information and uh without further ado check out this conversation with me and my boy ray from cultivarte studios Yo, 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 welcome to R&R. This fucking Ray and Ryan. Respect and recognition. <laughs> welcome, motherfuckers. I like how you put everything backwards. It's Ryan and Ray. It's recognition <laughs> and respect, bro. <laughs> Thank you for What'd tuning in. Ray and Ryan? <laughs> Ray and Ryan, of course, because, you know, put yourself first. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I just took a fat bong rib. So what? That's what happens when you're in your own studio doing your own damn thing. Welcome to, uh, damn, what episode is this? Season 2, episode 3 of Recognition and Respect. I got an alumni right here. Uh, R&R alumni. Ray, this will be Ray's third. Third? Third. Part 3? Part 3. This will be Ray's part 3 third time on the podcast this is first time in the new studio though the last time we talked uh we couldn't blaze it this is more personal right here for yeah sure. it feels more comfortable right yeah and like i like how we could do it whenever 
Like if you would have been like, yo, I'm free at seven, I'd have been like, all right, let's do the seven. Like, if you would have nah. been like, hey, I'm running late, I gotta be there at eleven, and be like, eleven it is. Well, you know what I mean? Like that's it's whenever, dog. Be like, I got a final, I can't today. <laughs> but you just took your last final for the last, semester. Last one. How does it feel, bro? Man, it feels uh, good. I I I'm not excited at first. It makes me it makes feelings, you know. Uh, I saw some people that you're are probably, not excited. I'm not excited, bro. You're just you have more to go. You know, yeah. you're still on that. Like this is not this is not the end. End. Yeah. There's there's a. I mean, I, I'm I'm going back, right? But I, I also saw some people there that are I won't be seeing again because oh, they're graduating. They bitter, be some back. bittersweet type. Yeah, shit. it's kind of like oh damn, I've been hanging out with these homies or collaborating right building relationships and now networking and all that yeah and they're not just finished with school but they're one of them she's going back to china my homegirl you know homegirl chris uh another one is going back to new york london the other homie's going back to germany bro it's like damn you were kicking it with the international cohort or what yeah you know what there, there's a big uh, mix of there's a lot of international students at cal state lane bro surprisingly uh, do they pay a higher tuition? Oh, bro, they. You know what? They all talk about um, <laughs> international student fees, bro. And I, I feel that because uh, that's how when I started uh, college, that's how I started, bro. You know, at Elac, um, there was there wasn't a the year that I started going to Elac was that was the reason because they uh, made a uh, in-state tuition available to undocumented folks. You know, other than that, we we have to pay international fees. Uh, which made everything just uh, less accessible, you know? So I feel their pain, bro. I feel their pain. Hey, honestly, though, I mean, that's one of the dirty secrets of uh, quote-unquote public education or, you know, education, higher education in general. Like, at least from my experience at UC San Diego, it was always like a thing. Like, because I was in student government and then I worked for the university and there was always like a, oh, you got to keep the international students happy, you know? Like, oh, you can't really be tripping on the international students. Or, like, people would be like, yo, like, you know, there'd be, like, politics about, like, this is a California school. We need more students from California. Like, why is the international population so high? You know, why is the demographics, why are there so many international students? And then, like, the dirty secret is that, like, yo, if we get rid of those international students... They they supplement they the cost of your college. They pay extra so extra. that there's like services for, so that you don't have to pay. So your tuition's cheaper. That's why their tuition's more expensive because it supplements. You know? you know, so like they a lot of that money goes into services and housing and all kinds of shit that maybe. I mean, you. Know, I, I think uh, these students are at Cal State LA maybe because they couldn't afford. They might be smarter or, or, you know, they had the grades to be at a UCLA or, or somewhere, uh, you know, a bigger school. But they're at Cal State LA maybe because just that's what they can afford, you know, to be a, a, at a school in LA, international, Los Angeles. Living here with the rent. Yeah. yeah. This this might be one of those might be one of the most uh, budget friendly, uh, you know, programs around probably. No. And I mean, you can. That's why I'm there. <laughs> it's the same the other way. Like, the, a lot of the students at UC San Diego that were international, like, they came from money, you know? Their parents had, they were doctors or they owned, you know, yeah. Fortune 500 companies or, you know, they were princes or, you know, that oil money or whatever, right? They worked for the yeah. government, like, so, yeah, definitely, like, that access issue, right? But uh, school... 
so for I guess we just kind of jumped into it, right? So for yeah. those who are just tuning in, don't know Ray. Um, he was actually the first guest. So if you go, if you're tuning in from the La Clica feed and you go back to the first episode that I released here, number one, season one, one episode season one, one uh, you'll hear Ray's story. And then of course, there's a part two that's coming soon. Actually, I mean not too soon, but like in a couple of weeks, because he came back on pretty quick because. I didn't, you know, he's the homie. So, uh, but what are you going to school for? Just so that this could be standalone. They don't have to go back and listen so they can know what the fuck we're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, I'm a Cal State LA student and um, my major is, uh, I'm in the business and economics uh, department at Cal State LA and uh, business uh, management is my uh, major. So, uh, currently, I'm in my uh, third semester. I believe when I did uh, episode one, I... Was already in my first semester, I think. Or no, I was no, about no, no. I think you had just been accepted. Yeah, just oh, okay. I think oh, yeah, because I think we announced it. Yeah. Like it was like, it was right there. We were like, just so you know, this will you hear it here first. This was going to school for this, this, and that. So I think that was like the episode one was like you announcing going to school. Wow. Well, we're at third semester. I just today just finished my third semester. Took we have to go back final. and check though, because maybe it was the second episode. Because in the first one, you had just quit your job. Uh, oh. <laughs> so how long yeah. after you quit your job did you go to school? Yeah, that same, uh, maybe like two, three months later. All right, yeah. So that was yeah. probably like, no, no, no. It had to be episode two then where you announced. That was going back? Mm-hmm, to school. Possibly. I mean, I, I already knew how I got accepted, I think, since um, January or February. Well, we're going to leave it up to the listeners to go find out. Or maybe I'll correct it in the intro. You know what? Reception. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and listen to season one, episode one. And, <laughs> and season episode one, seven, episode is I think it's seven. seven? Yeah. yeah. And see what what uh, what the hell we were talking about back then. And then uh, what we're going to talk about now, you know? Well, definitely there's been a lot of growth, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on was because, like, we were making jokes upstairs. But we've really been, like, through your whole journey of, like, quitting your job going to school and then like running a business and being a full-time student, you know, what we're going to talk about today and like also upgrading your business still and, you know, um, achieving at a high, executing at a high level academically, you know, all of that. How do you do it? You know, they having, having your classmates be like, fuck fool, you're the hardest working fool. I know, like, I don't understand you can do it, this, this and that. Mm -hmm. So all of that is just like, to me, that's what, this podcast is about right recognition and respect like respecting that journey so right. let's talk about that like uh what's it like to be a full-time student and running a business and not just like running it but like improving it right you made a bunch of upgrades to the shop you have you know your organizational like the organiz the shop is more organized um you have people where you know like let's just let's yeah, just yeah, get yeah. into it yeah I mean, every, everything that we do over there is built from scratch. So I feel it's always uh, takes a long time to build, right? But uh, we're, we're building things that haven't been uh, done before. So I think uh, I think it's a great experience. Um, man, what so we've been uh, just doing all kinds of things. So being a student and running a business. Man, it's it's a hard. What is that like? What How do you like? do it? <laughs> you know what? It's surprising uh, when I tell folks what I do, 
and and all the things I do because they trip out, right? I uh, recently had a job with a self-help graphics and I rolled up to deliver some stuff. And I said, you know what, here's the things. Uh, I got to go. I got to go to class. And they said, class? What, what are you talking about, you know? So I uh, I told them that I was a full-time student and they, they didn't believe me. You know, they're like full-time student and you still turned in 26 frames in a two-week time frame. Like, how do you do it, you know? And so I think it's, for me, it's uh, going back going back to school after a long time and uh, knowing knowing that uh, that's my goal, you know, to graduate and to uh, at least finish my, my uh, college education. So I think that's what drives me uh, to not sleep so much, right? So is that where that's, that's the secret? I think that's the secret. I think, you know what? I think the, the secret, secret is not sleeping? I think that, that, that was the first, what I thought at first. I think the secret is just being a little bit more organized, being a little bit more uh, disciplined, right? Um, not going out with sneaky you, during you the week, right? You don't see me. You don't see me on the weekends. Uh, rarely. You don't see me on the weekends too much, you know. And Unless I see you at an event, you're working and shit. At an event where I'm working, or sometimes if I can uh, go and de-stress and support and show up for an hour or two, you know, I'll do it. Uh, other than that, I've been in the lab, man. Uh, you find me at Calstead LA on the 24/7 lab. Uh, you know, of Saturday night, Sunday night, you know. But um, so I think it's just dedication, right? Dedication, dedication, and like changing your schedule and your lifestyle, and really wanting it. Like you said, right? Being driven by those goals and wanting to be get your get your degree, and you know, doing all that. Right, right. And how tight does it feel when you're like, yeah, full time student? I just dropped off all these frames. What, like, you know? What, right? It, it it feels it feels really good because uh, some people don't know, right? But when they find out they find out it's like oh man like you get that respect you know or the, and that recognition right r and r baby r and r when people realize that you're you're working that hard and and because i'm not too open about it you know i don't really put that out there like i'm a student or and i don't really mix my business with my personal and, and you're also not really big on the social media, you know, like you're not really deep into it, like constantly posting and, you know, being around. But you did yeah. do that photo that ended up on the Cal State LA page, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that was one of my goals. You know, I walk around campus and I was like, man, I got to get one of these photos on the campus page. So everywhere I walk around, I'm looking at uh, uh, like angle shot angles, you know, Lighting like, and shit. Yeah, I'm thinking like a photographer. So that day I was walking in for my my uh seven my 8 a.m class you know on a tuesday so it was like uh 7 20 i'm walking on campus and i saw the light and i was like "Ooh, this is that money shot you know this is that money shot so i took it uh posted it and then they ended up reposting it you know that was super dope um and they thought you know what the what was funny is they thought they said oh look at this guy he took a picture and they thought it was the afternoon like 3 or 4 p.m but they didn't know i was like a 7 a.m picture you know what i'm saying like oh you had like that morning golden yeah. hour dawn yeah. dawn light we up, yeah we are working early you know <laughs> that Man, team so no sleep bro it's the team no sleep right yeah i took uh, you know what uh, this semester i took an 8 a.m class tuesday thursday just threw my schedule off wildly but it, it also forced me to be a bit more disciplined you know because i gotta be in class at 8 a.m for my career development class Right. Oh, yeah, that's important. That sounds right. important. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't miss that one, you know? Um, but I, I see the dedication, bro. It takes a lot of dedication. Uh, one of my buddies who was taking that class, 
he just stopped showing up, you know. He he couldn't handle it. So um now I mean and that's uh it happens it happens, bro. Like I mean I could never drop classes, so I ended up getting like some pretty bad grades cuz I was like always at the limit of like full-time and part-time, so I had to like had to stick it out, you know. Yeah. Um so yeah, there was there was a, there was a quarter when I got like some bad grades just because like i fuck it was the whatever i had personal i had personal shit going on you know sometimes yeah. that's just or you you prioritize right you say you like you you choose what you want to do or what you're dedicated to what you put the time into and i just those classes were not like as important to me as other shit that i was doing at that time you know so balance bro i think balance is tough you know i learned some of that too what what to balance my first semester i was really into school you know 100% my second semester was like okay I need to learn how to deal with the school but also balance my balance my duties at the shop and uh, this but how would semester, you do that though how would you do that because I feel like for people like those self-help graphic folks or like the, the your homies in class who are just like amazed like yeah. like what's your like like what do you prioritize you know how do you break it down or like what do you how do you how much time do you give to what you know just you know what when i went back to school i had to get me a, a calendar a planning calendar so i can organize my schedule organize myself because i felt like if i'm just saying yes to these things and these events and by the time they roll around, I got too many things on my plate. You know, I don't know what's going on every day. So just getting a planner, writing my stuff down, writing my my duties down, my the my schedule, the, the my events, my work, uh, what things that are due on a certain days. You know, just trying to gather everything all into one one place where I can see it all. You know, that way I I, I can see what's coming, what days are are gonna be really tough, what days are okay. You know, and and trying to find that balance to sneak away to Cal State LA, you know, and go do some homework and go put in some work. And so I think this this semester, something that I learned over the past is just trying to be prepared, you know. So I'm not showing up um, to the first, to the class and I, I haven't read, you know what I mean? Like, I like staying on top of it and like not falling behind, not falling and, behind. and not yeah. procrastinating and leaving shit go. for the last minute, that kind of shit. Yeah, I still do it. Don't get me wrong, you know. Of course, of course. But if you're trying to actively not do it, then you're gonna do it less than if you're just kind of like ah, whatever. Right. You know, sometimes I feel bad because I go into the lab on a Sunday and I'll be there eight, eight hours, and I feel like well, I wasn't as productive as I can be. But in the sense, I also have to understand that I was eight. I was there eight hours putting in work. Maybe I didn't advance as fast as I did, but there's folks who, who are not even showing up those eight hours, you know, and trying to advance, trying to make that progress. So just trying to stay on top of it, trying not to fall behind and, um, you know, networking with the students, other classmates, just collaborating. Well, one of the things that I learned and, it, and this kind of extended even after school, like how I do my work today is that like, even if you're not 100% productive, just showing up and putting yourself in the position to maybe like because m- maybe right. like you showed up and you were super into it and you would have just grinded out eight hours solid right you don't know until you get there right maybe you showed up and like you know you went to get a snack and you were like you used the restroom you were getting drinking water you know like you just kind of 
you're on your phone you know sometimes you're yeah, sitting yeah. there though right and then yeah. maybe like the fact that you're sitting there oh yeah i gotta get serious and then you grind out like two three four hours right so maybe yeah. half the time but yeah. if you wouldn't have even been there you probably wouldn't have even done that half right you, like had you been somewhere else for those four hours you might not have even made it back to campus to do yeah. those other four hours so i feel like just putting yourself and it works like the same way that like I turn on my computer every morning, I sit in front of it and I open up all my tabs and you know, like all, all the shit that I want to work on and I put my whiteboard right there and I, you know, like I try, I, I try to get it done. I don't always do it, but some days I'll be fucking hustling right. three, four hours straight. Like what I did with face and you, right? Yeah. And it, it, Seven hours with that fool, three hours with that, you know, but had I not been in that every day putting myself in that mode like oh going through content video edit you know like just being on that so that if you don't put yourself in that position then you know what you're not even gonna get to it right so once so making things easy for yourself that might be something you know planning i think that's that's helped me a lot organizing and just trying to stay on top of things being dedicated you know uh sneaking out here and there to go and uh you know, see Self, sneaky. Self-care. Some self-care. self-care you yeah. know, some self-care a little bit here and there. Well, I mean, you can't work all the time, bro. You just can't, like... I, no. Like, you... I, I mean... You know, I, I... You're more productive sometimes when you take those breaks and you get that reset and your mind's, like, working on other things, you know, and you relieve the stress and, like, there's benefits to all that. Something I, I, I learned recently in, uh, you know, one of my classes, which uh, was a trip because I, I took that elective because it was called... Uh, it was called a high performance management, right? And I said, oh, yeah, you know what? I need that for my business, for my business to, to have some high performance. And uh, first day walking into class, it, it was a little bit different because it was like, oh, high performance, but high performance management, but on a real personal level, you know what I mean? So it wasn't about the business. It was about the manager, the person, the CEO. How you help your team, how you run your team, how much you push them, how, how much you, you let them work, whether no, you no, micromanage, no. whether you bit. macromanage. But it was more of how you manage yourself, how you manage your time, your feelings, oh. your energy, right? Like real, real personal. And I was like, oh, this is kind of, uh, this is what I needed, <laughs> you know? It's almost like, it's like psychological yeah. and like, like more introspective than like data and numbers and studies right. and shit yeah there, there was no data in there there was no numbers it was, it was just about you know um staying healthy we talked about food you know the brain brain waves you know i learned uh, something i think i learned in that class that helped me manage my time was um we talked about these four four quadrants bro of uh, uh you know uh you, your energy is like a wave right and your mind can only be focused for so long so studies have found that that the amount that it takes to be that you're going to be focused uh, it's from 90 minutes to 120 minutes so an hour and a half to two hours right you're going to be focused after that your brain is is burned out so you need to go take a break but a lot of us we we don't operate like that you know we drive our bodies six seven eight hours straight without any break but, you know, we're not as or like, productive. Or like if you're at work, right, you're working, you're in at eight, you do four hours till lunchtime. Yeah. So you're only productive, what, but, like a third of the time? But or, you know what? That's I, that, that's when I realized, oh, that's why they give you 15, you know? That's why they give you a lunch, and then that's why they give you another 15. 
If you're really getting your breaks at work, that does break it down to about two hours. Right, but how many people you know? sacrifice the 15 to get the hour lunch? That, yeah. Because I, I always used to do that. I was There's like, I'm not going to take my 15. It. I'm going to yeah. go take an hour lunch and I'll, I'll actually drive somewhere like... Yeah. Take like a legit walk, get out of the building, right? Because when you're on a right. 15, how like how, so how what can you really do to like get out of the mode? You know, like right. You can only take a take a little breather, right? Refresh and, like a, and like quote unquote smoke break, right? And, and one I think cigarette. Or that that was the point, you know, to to uh, for for your body to realize when you're operating past that focus time, so that you take a break because you naturally you'll feel it, right? You start to yawn. You're going to get hungry. You're going to get thirsty. So that's your body like talking saying, to you. Like I was saying, right? You know? Like when you're at the lab, like you're just like, oh, let me walk up and go to eat water. Even yeah. though you're not like, you're just, you're, your brain's telling you like, hey, I can't right. focus right now. Right. So, so do that in, in your off time. Right. And you, so it's recharged. So it's, uh, if you're 100% effective, it's on the right hand corner of the quadrant. You know, if you're on the left, uh, you're tired, you're ineffective. If you're on the bottom left, you're burned out unproductive uh, no results and if you're on the bottom right you're recharging right so a lot of us what we do is we go on that circle right from from top right to left to bottom left to bottom right so we go through the burnout process we go through through the exhaust exhaustion uh, process before we get to the recharge you know when it should be like well either you're operating at 100 percent or you're recharging or you're recharging so you know, I kind of learned to avoid. So you're supposed to like not ever get into quadrant Avo- yeah. two and three. You're supposed okay. to just do one four, one right, four, right. one four. Whether if if because yeah, right. If you're burned out, how productive are you gonna be? You might as well just took that nap, you know, and and recharge. So you uh, learn to identify the situations when when you're performing and when you're not performing, then go recharge. You know. That's why a lot of people uh, that I went to school with, we always like to study at the bars. You know. Cause you could just knock out like, or like at the pub, not the bar. Cause it's not like, it's like chill, but they drink and food, you know, and like the patio to smoking or whatever. But like you could do like an, a solid hour, hour and a half and then be like, all right, let's grab a beer. Let's fucking listen to music, you know, smoke break. And then, okay, let's get back to it. You know, like, and it's, you might not get back to it though by that time. Right. I mean, but at least you were there that for shit definitely break. has happened where you didn't get back to it. But I mean, there's also that like. When you're on that, like when you have the discipline you just, you and you're studying, yeah. you're like one beer, but that beer and that like socializing actually like relieves anxiety and stress and recharge. You're taking the recharge time, right? So that, all right, dude, like let's let's get back to it. And then you hit it hard. That's two extremes, like, man. Either you're operating or you're recharging. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good one, bro. <laughs> I mean, yeah, either I'm grinding or I'm sleeping. You know, there's no. <laughs> It's right, yeah, and and that's how it should be, right? Either you're grinding or you're resting, either one. If you you're if be you're, trying to like operate, have yeah, like all brain between, dead and shit, then yeah. you're not really operating. You know what I'm saying? So that's a crazy way to think about it. What else have you learned? Like, what other little things have you picked up from classes and school? Little gems, man. Uh, I learned to do some video editing. Ah, right? nice, nice. So I uh, had to take a lead on one of my classes because nobody ever put a video together. So I think after watching Sneaky right here put together some videos and using iMovie and I said man you know what I could probably take the lead so I ended up taking the lead wrong I looked at some YouTube videos I think I had asked you for some advice and I put like a 15 minute short movie together with effects and 15 minutes 15 that's minutes, not short bro. dog that's no. that's pretty long bro like for video editing like yeah 
that that could take a long in there, time. Yeah, sped bro. it up, slow it's, it down, slow motions and and sound effects. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it turned out really good. You know, it turned out good. I got an A in that class. So. Those little, little skills, because people, you know what people always ask me, like I've been getting that a lot recently. It's like, oh, when you going to school, you do you think taking these classes is helping you? I always get that question, right? And it's um, my answer is, is for sure, you know. Not only what you're learning, what well, helps class, your studying in your field, right? Business, you run a business, business management, business, yeah. yeah so that that helps automatically, right? To no me, it's like what, going yeah. to a seminar every day. You know, I go listen to a speaker every day, like a, a workshop, like, pretty a workshop, much, like a presentation. <laughs> People pay 200 bucks for these things, you know, every day. So I see the value on that, you know. And then networking, right? Like a lot of your professors are either in the industry, like in working or we're, sure. we're part of huge companies or are connected to, right? Like you see so you're yeah. rubbing shoulder. Also like the other students, right? They're all like probably more entrepreneurial, business driven. They probably have, like they're all working on projects and have things going on, you know? So the collaboration and all that happening. Brian, you know what? There's a lot of teamwork that goes on at, at Cal State LA. If you're in the business program, you're working in teams, you're working in uh, uh, team structures. Uh, it's, it's crazy, you know? It's crazy because you got to learn to deal with other people, timelines, yourself, to be respectful of, of other people's work, right? And I'm telling you, man, not everyone is on the same level, you know? Now, yeah, and that's a huge difference from the UC, I feel like, because since we're more research-driven, a lot of it is more like individuals going to the library, reading the books, you know, writing papers. Like, I feel like, like a lot of, like when we had to do group stuff, a lot of people were outside of their comfort zone, you know? Because a lot of folks are like super brainiac, antisocial, on the spectrum, you know, like not good people. Yeah. You know, like like not good people skills, but that Cal State's more like hands-on, like preparing you for the field type shit, you know? So it's just right. a, big, it's a big difference. And, and you know what? A lot of uh, corporations over the time and companies, big companies, they're switching to a, a team models, you know? Before, you used to see a lot of uh, cubicles and offices, and, and you don't see that anymore, right? It's like workspa maker spaces, workspaces, open workspace, open spaces, right? Yeah, where people like are collaborating, rooms, yeah. contributing, bouncing ideas, like, and that's what the real world is like. So I feel like um, it, it's good experiences, you know? Had a, a group of 10 this semester, bro. You, man, how do you deal with 10 people? Sounds heinous. There's no way you're going to get 10 Who people. Failed? At least someone failed, right? At least one person failed. Like, someone had to have, like, dude, because at the end, did they make you, like, grade? The other people in your there group? There peer reviews. Yeah, yeah right. peer reviews. You know what? Luckily, there had to be someone who didn't do shit. They, this <laughs> There's was a always big class. someone who didn't do shit. This was a big class. I always sit in the front in my classes because I like to be, you know, engaged. 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 So this time when, when the professor said, all right, form your groups. and You just look to your left and look to your right and it's got the front row or what? No, I looked around and I said, oh, I don't want to be with that fool over there. I don't want to be with this fool, you know? Because <laughs> uh, people got to present themselves that day. And and you just said your name, your major, why you taking that class, and something about yourself, you know. So after that was done, professor said, "All right, look around. Don't get people who are next to you. You know, make sure you listen to what each people is bringing to the table. That way, you can have a balanced team. You know. Luckily, I sat in the front though, so we found some like-minded individuals that I think were on, on pretty much the same level." That, that I that I was, you know, want mm -hmm. want to be engaged. They're they're proactive, right? Mm -hmm. They're not sitting in the back, not listening. 
Right, right, right. Uh, but even with them, man, it was still hard. Yeah, of course. Dude, having a team and yeah. being in charge of a lot of people is hard, bro. Bro. That's why I do a lot of my shit alone, man. Because sometimes, like, it's just, it's easier sometimes, more efficient. Sometimes it's, like, you know, you you can troubleshoot easier. You could react yeah. quicker. You know, you're more agile because you're not trying to change the direction of a whole team. Yeah. You're just changing your own direction. Like G- Group decision-making takes longer it's a process it's a right process, yeah like yeah. having everybody's input being yeah. fair and like giving everybody yeah yeah of course yeah. of course well talking about teams i think it's a good segue into your team because you know in this year you've actually taken on a few apprentices you know some interns you've started a printing program and it's kind of like expanded out of the whole workshop kind of you know i feel like you're your stencil screen printing workshop has kind of like developed into now this print program and now it's kind of like a full circle that's at least how i see it maybe you could tell me or maybe we're brainstorming it right now but i almost feel like the workshop is for the artists of tomorrow you know who are going to become your apprentices tomorrow and also like a lot of like Jimmy helped with some of those workshops as you know so like i feel like that was you were part of that whole grooming process of like bringing in artists to help the community but also then helping those artists to right empowering them to make their own prints and make a living and do all that and so yeah let's talk about that you once said that you're like the only the only one doing it in that area or the only accessible one what what, what were your exact words there's not that many spaces so I'm, i'm not the only one but however we are um our approach is really unique, you know, because we, we're really in the community. We support community artists, right? And I feel like what people sometimes don't realize that this is something that's been in the making for maybe since maybe like 2015, possibly. Trying to develop this, going to LA Trade Tech uh, in 2016. The people asked me how long you've been screen printing, you know, about maybe five years. But I, in 2016, I took a screen printing class at LA Trade Tech that kind of gave me the skills to feel a, a little bit knowledgeable, right? Um, after that, through my framing, I do framing for artists, I uh, was invited to uh, the first annual or first ever uh, Chicano Print Summit at Self Up Graphics. Um, that, that was super, uh, that, that was a great experience. It, we didn't know if we were, we were going to show up. Because they got uh, self up graphics has had has some issues in the community and some issues with some folks that we sometimes work with and so opposing politics views, basically politics, right? right like community grassroots politics right right and but I always uh, uh, what I always seen is that self up graphics by was started by a nun Catholic nun you know trying to give back to the community right just starting a print program the Barrio Mobile so I think seeing that. And uh, just realizing that 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 whatever they do, it's it's really for the community, right? And if we're not showing up, then you know who is showing up and taking our spots, right? So um, we thought about it for a week. I, I to even that Sunday night, we're like, you know what? We're not sure. I'm not sure. So we say, you know what? Fuck it. We're gonna go. You know, we're gonna go represent. And man, that was a great experience. I learned a lot about printmaking. Uh, editions, numbered editions, uh, self up graphics has already a print program that that is put in place, right? So I feel like uh, taking some other model 
and uh, and implemented it in in the work that we do, right? So, and I believe that was 2017 when that we were there, met a lot of printers, uh, a lot of folks in the community, and it just kind of inspired us. It was weird because I thought they had invited me because I, I was printing, you know, I was printing hard. So, I said, oh, it has some graphics inviting the printers. But they had invited me because I do picture frames. Hmm. So, you know, that that was my misconception as well. Because I thought I, I was invited as an artist, printing artist, but I was invited as a framer, you know, to collaborate with this artist. And uh, two years later, frame two years later, uh, making selfs for uh, making frames for self of graphics, you know, uh, working with these artists that I was wa- working on prints from these artists that I once maybe like rubbed shoulders with, you know, at that meeting. And it was a whole week, man. And we spent the whole week just learning, listening, soaking it in, uh, seeing what they're doing. Right. Their print program is 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 super fucking dope bro you know they bring in an artist the artist doesn't pay they use some of the best uh paper around you know but what people don't know is sometimes when they sell their prints but a lot of those prints are also archived right so when they print an edition with an artist self of graphics uh number one number three number five number seven number nine number eleven a bunch of numbers already have a destination you know one of those is the ucla library uh, another one is uh, uh, in Chicago. They have another uh, uh, place where they send their prints out there. Uh, UC Berkeley, so and and people can go and ask to see the collection. So every time they make a print edition, that num- you know these institutions get that number. So it starts to be archived. You know there's a collection, and I think that was always an inspiration for us. You know to oh man, why we we gotta sustain this space as well, right? How do we sustain the space while giving back to community and that that is a great model you know and a little bit how it kind of works is we we have we we have artists and now we started with uh, jimmy and david so getting back to the question jimmy and david uh this year have started to apprentice at the shop so we took on uh on two apprenticeships uh jimmy came first just from uh collaborating with him uh, networking with him borrowing some of his tools him borrowing the space till we kind of said you know what jimmy why don't you and why don't you come and we actually establish a time and a day that you're going to be here and a curriculum right try to put together a curriculum for him some tags uh, what is he going to be learning and um so he started helping me so we had jimmy and then uh so he's one of our artists uh in-house artists I just saw him yesterday. He's he, uh, he's super excited to work there. You know, I gave no, him. No, now he has his own keys to the spot. Yeah, I was gonna say he's yeah. got yeah, he's got keys to the shop. You know, he was he was at he he mentioned that yesterday. So it just makes me really happy to see uh, other individuals in the community. You know, being able to share that space with them, collaborate with them, but also find a way uh, to help myself back. You know, because it costs a lot of money to help the artist to open up the space to pay rent. So that's always a question, right? Well. If, we're in, we're in the business of selling art but yet how how do we how do we how do we not make it like that you know what i'm saying where we just we're selling art right it's more like you know we're supporting community and community supports us you know through through the arts right through buying a print through buying a shirt or whatever it is so it's it's bigger than just making a sale uh, I always think about uh, recession, you know, the recession. Oh, the rec- now, again, they're saying, you know, there's going to be a bubble. 
So how do we? Oh, no, how yeah, do we? Like we're already, we're already in the bubble. We're in the know? bubble, right? Was, yeah. They're saying it's about to pop. So how do we? You know, if we're in the business of sales, how do we avoid the bubble, right? But I think the only way is to f- uh, finding support systems, right? Creating systems that don't don't are not based on a sale, you know? Right. Oh well, I also feel you know like we're in a unique position where. Um, what we provide is like I provide entertainment you provide like services for people that for like art collectors you know and for folks who are also in entertainment right like shirts and like the merch and like the frames are like high-end gallery like you know grant money sometimes or like artists who are doing well so I feel like we're kind of blessed because our field is almost like like someone's going to have money, right? Someone always has money when the recession hits, like the fools who who right. own the who own the banks and the land. Like you know there's folks who right, right, right. like tech companies who are working in other countries like you know like via the internet like they're still gonna have. They're still gonna be good, right? I mean, traditionally, you know what the the people who frame. I've been looking at statistics, right? Got to do some research. The majority of people who frame are making are like maybe like dual income households, bro, who are making over seventy thousand dollars to one hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, so just understanding also that market. That that's not our target market, right? We cater to the community, community right. artists. No, we I know. really keep it accessible and affordable. I'm saying this though that there's always gonna be people who are gonna wanna pay for the shit that and we do these, and we're always yeah. gonna have like we're we're these lucky are some of the people that, that support the programming that we're able to do, you know? So how do we bring that money into the community? How do we recycle that money, right? And how do we after the week bring it into the community, how do we keep it in the community, right? Well, that's always the the trick, right? I mean, that's why we work together. We both have that vision of like a sustainable economy where the money just stays in the circle and it flows from one business to another back into, right? Like via events, via goods, services, you know, workshops, community events, grants, like all that's supposed to like help funnel activity and also build up the culture build up the programming for youth and you know keeping families and kids out of jail and you know like off drugs all that right like having places for people to go who have artistic expression where there's a future where you can see a return right right that's one of the good things about the program is that like the these these young artists are making money off their art right they're seeing it right 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 and now they're gonna go and be able like people are gonna see how young they are like they're younger the next generation is gonna see these young artists making it and they're it's gonna become more accessible to them right so how how do we make that long term so instead of you know i just did a career day and it was very much like the same shit that i grew up that like go to school get a good job art doesn't pay music doesn't pay you know be an engineer be a doctor be a lawyer be so it's almost like how do we create 
of a path right. for those who like want to draw and want to sing and want to dance and want to DJ and want like so and want to print and make shirts and make shoes and make clothes you know all that so it's like I feel like that's like the long term goal right of like figuring out how we make it work small where everybody can eat and live and pay rent and create and thrive and then bring more people into the fold once we've kind of like have the proof of concept you know right 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 how do we how do we uh, help the community how do we help artists i mean how do we bring them into the fold right and include them uh leads to maybe my my second intern david david martinez he's also from the community here and he's a he's a graduate from uc berkeley uh so really smart guy you know he's got a lot of skills and one of the questions and and tough parts is like well how do i put my art out there you know how do i do this for a living how do i come back and and just create you know keep being a creative person so i feel through the print program we're kind of able to facilitate some of this you know i saw um, our artist jimmy the other day and he said he's he's sold a couple of prints of from the print program right so out of he's walking away with he walked away his edition was 70 prints so he got to keep 35 and i think he's maybe sold half of them already you know so to hear those stories and, and we're creating equity and, and building income for, for local artists, right? Bringing in that money from the collectors, supporters, right? And it's like, well, how do we and tie it And also creating together? content for them, right? Because now, now they have fans who are like, I like this print. When's the next one coming, right? right and that's how right. you build like... Yeah, inspires them to come back and create, you know, make another, another edition in the studio, which also in the back end will ultimately help the studio right keep this print print program sustainable so i think that's the that's just the trick right to include them bring them in be mindful right it has to be an even trade so i can't give them all give them the paper give them the screens films and put in the labor so we figured that the print program was a good way to to you know keep it both ways to make that deal work you know what i mean right and that's why they're like your apprentice and you're teaching you taught jimmy how to frame so maybe one day he'll be able to make frames right to right, bring yeah. income to the shop so he can keep printing and keep yeah. the paper keep the ink flowing you know or like or just being able to open the shop and take orders or p have people drop stuff off when you're not there you know all of that yeah. adds to like the value of that partnership and all that well he, he the other day he was uh, participating in an art show and he came in and he built his own frame for the show you know little 11 by 14 but he walked through the process, cut it himself, build it himself, put put it together, you know? So to actually be able to do that, I thought that was... that was. So now he could do the whole thing, right? He could think of it, draw it, print it, frame it, put it on a wall, all solo. The whole process, bro. Everything's in-house, too, you know? Doesn't have to, like, outsource it or spend a dime to, like, make it happen. Right. Yeah, I always thought... You know what? I always thought that I was like, man, this... this uh, trying to do everything ourselves... It takes a lot of time to build, right? But then I think uh, this year, something that inspired me was like listening to Nipsey, RIP, was uh, just him talking about like vertical integration and how that is important to a business, right? If you want to build something, you build it in-house, keep the jobs in the community, keep it local, right? I think, I think when you build in-house and you have vertical integration, you have control over everything, right? 
so you're able to make the decisions, you know? So you're, you're ultimately responsible, but you're also flexible to do whatever you want, you know? Because you don't answer to shareholders or co-owners or... Sponsors, you know? And anybody, bro. So just, you, you do whatever you want, you know? Like here, bro, like, like we're here in the studio. <laughs> this vertical integration, bro, we were outsourcing oh, this, you know? Yeah, nah, then this took fucking... And now it's here. This took like two decades to build, you know? To get it to where it's at. Right. Now we're like... This is where we recorded Faces vocals for that shit, you know, right here with this mic. And not the one we're using for the podcast. I'm pointing to the studio mic, but, you know, this is where, we, this is where the band rehearses. Mm. This is where so the podcasts get recorded. This is where, yeah. Yeah, so just, I think, investing, right? Always just keep investing in yourself. Um, I think that's the part that's hard for people because there's, like, so I feel like... I hate to I hate to be like society right like cultural norms or whatever but there's just like I feel like there's like a really big push for people to ball out you know to go on trips and to go out and go expensive rent you know like a lot of people like don't want to take and I mean obviously I'm generalizing and speaking but just like from what I've observed and from the conversations I've had with people I feel like you know, it's easier for it's easier for someone to rationalize working at a job nine to five that they might not like or like something that they find cool that they can put up with because they have money to do nice things and take their significant others places and go on trips, you know, like then the idea of starting their own thing and not being able to do that and having to maybe like sacrifice and and struggle and not live a life of luxury for four five six seven ten years you know what i mean like that right. that process where you're like no we can't can't go out of the country this year you know can't can't take a family vacation or can't can't like can't go to coachella or whatever you know whatever the fuck can't can't do that drive across america wanted to do like i gotta make sure these orders get filled you know like it's like gotta be here you know yeah. and i just feel like there's like a, a fear or just a push to like not do that and it's just well, it's, you know what everyone likes to be comfortable bro, you know we don't like to struggle right and so i think being out of your comfort zone going and doing your own thing being unsure of what's gonna happen right it, it just turns off a lot of people bro you know it, it's 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 if it wasn't for that, how many people would be doing what they love? You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you just take on jobs where maybe you're not the happiest, but you know what? It pays well enough. So when you get out, you, you're, you're I drive my nice bad, car. You know? I get to go. I get the bar with my homies. You know, we get to plan our next fucking Skybox Laker game. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. and I'm not even talking about specific people. Like I'm not even I'm just thinking in general, like and maybe it's just the folks in my circle or in the hip hop scene or whatever. Like maybe it's just the people that I'm, um, associated with myself with, you know, in the, in the entertainment, you know, it's a little bit more superficial, a little bit more, or just like younger folks, like a younger generation who are really living it out for like 
social media and just to kind of show people like hey like this is what we're doing you know we're fucking traveling the world and Man. i'm wearing gucci and you know it's just like you know we we live in a world that's like full of just uh instant gratification right so if you can get it you know be- better salary there on the spot that's good you know this many likes on your instagram like that's good you know but um so everyone everyone wants to show off their things right their accomplishments or their trips or vacations and i feel like that's all we ever see on online sometimes you know it's like the good part right the, mm-hmm. the, the happy part but like what about the other 50 weeks you know twitter full that's where you gotta go that's for it. that <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a trip everybody's you know? real on twitter bro right. they give you all their miserable shit too. yeah so even when i do post you know i always try to post something that's real that's more just you know that uh actually relates to just everyone or our, our, our audience you know mm-hmm. what we're actually about right mm-hmm. i feel a lot of people just they, they say they're about some things but their actions just represent other things you know yeah and i mean that's 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 been a huge lesson to learn this year because like when you're navigating community spaces or like i said like entertainment industry like club scene venues bars like a lot of people are like telling you they want to hook you up and they want to help you and they're going to put you on or they got your back or they're going to support you and then find out you know they're only looking out for themselves their bottom line and they're not they don't really care about building or growing or collaborating they're just trying to like use you for your resources or your network or your name you know your credibility and yeah, it's like you got to be really careful with that because, yeah, we living in Babylon, man. It's draining, you know. A lot of motherfuckers be talking those lies. Those people uh, feel like uh, when I ran into these kind of people, they, they, they suck the life out of me, you know. So I try to avoid them, you know. But only through experience sometimes, right? You get fucked over once, twice, and you're like, damn, I fucked up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how else do you learn? Like, unless, yeah, how else are you supposed to learn, you know? Sometimes they tell you, bro, they tell you, they tell you, they tell you. Oh, they show you, you, they show you, they show you their, in their true nature, and you try to give them all the chances. You know what, though? But also sometimes, like, um, I like to believe people can change, man, and that people can grow, and that people can learn, and that sometimes, 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 you can give people second chance you know or like you could be the bigger person and try to make amends and like clear that up and rebuild that bridge sometimes but it's always hard man because you don't want to get burned again (laughs) right yeah yeah all the time but you learn bro you learn and you move on you know you pick and choose a little bit better so so what are some other highlights of uh, 2019? I have written down here the Achuchas Festival of Words, Sella Arts Fest, Border X Grand Opening, Mexican Consulate, uh, Mayor, Speaker, and the I Support Series. So let's, let's get into it. What was the Achuchas and why was that such a big highlight? Yeah, the Achuchas, man, it's a community center bookstore out in the San Fernando Valley in uh, Silmar, and I've been uh, working over there, out there in the city of Pacoima, in the San Fernando Valley, and this is the second year I've, I've, I've vended the first, the 14th annual, so I was there as a vendor, 
and the 15th annual they invited me back as a vendor but they also offered me to do some live screen painting workshop with the kids so that's how i ended up going out there man and man it was a great event man they were giving out free books community vendors art workshops i mean just a bunch of things you know i, I love going out there and networking with the people and that, that was super awesome man so they had us out there i took uh, jimmy out there he got to experience one of the first uh, live printing, you know, busy, busy uh, editions, which you've been through, right? Dog. <laughs> Don't get me started. Man, we took Sneaky. Was MLK? Okay? Is that a highlight? MLK oh, my at God. The California African American Museum. We took Sneaky to do, to take some photos and do some uh, recording and just things like that. But I was supposed to do content generation that tell me why I was fucking working. <laughs> Sneaky ended up working in the booth, bro. <laughs> Put the camera hey. down and hey, dog. just got to hustle though, you know? DJ, MC, anything, anything you, you need. need, bro. That's the motto. <laughs> so that was, that was good, man. So Jimmy got to experience that, but you know, he, he, he loved just the experience being out there with the community uh, the community is so patient, you know, but so talented, bro. So we got to see all kinds of art, people making their own stencils, taking pictures, uh, all kinds of things, bro. So it was it was super exciting to go out there and keep building that relationship, right? Keep building the 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 network, and so that was um, w one of our biggest events throughout the throughout the year. There was more people than them, okay? No. <laughs> no, MLK, I mean, I think MLK was just huge, you know, it was like maybe like 5,000 people. But you were museum. like a more main attraction at but the we were, yeah. like... our, our line was the same, you know, I think our line was probably the same. It was nonstop, just nonstop all day, you know. And um, so like the the volume that you had to put out was the same or more, relative, maybe not as many yeah. bodies in the space because the we're, California yeah. African American Museum yeah, yeah, yeah. is like huge, but we we're just as busy, bro. We we're yeah. just as busy, you know. So, um, but Jimmy had fun, bro. I had fun, you know. Or, or we got an in, uh, we got a volunteer that day. He had fun, so we got to build a relationship with him. He's an artist. Also came back from school. Uh, he's gonna be in our print program as well. So, you know, just building off of uh, the work that we're doing, you know. And just a snowballing it and, and seeing how we can all help each other out, you know? For sure. Was that before? Wait, what, what, what part of the, what time of the year was that in? I believe this was in uh, June. June. Okay. So it was after the Border X grand after, opening. Yeah. It was after the Border X grand opening. That came first. Which was also fucking wild, bro. That was wild. That was wild. <laughs> that was, that was, that was a, a great first grand opening man you know and honestly i mean like i don't think they've done anything that big since but they've gotten pretty packed since you know so it wasn't like i don't feel like it was a one-time thing you know yeah no, you know, the right circumstances i mean i don't think it's ever gonna be that busy just because of the hype of like it being the grand opening and you know, a lot of people, like, it's kind of died down, but it's still, like, I think it has the potential with, you know, the right act and the right marketing and everything to have, like, another day like that. So, I'm yeah, looking forward to that. you know what, that. That, that day, what I got to see was just the bridge between, like, all the people from, you know, San Diego and Los Angeles from already their established first brewery to see all the people come out and support the L.A. community, you know, and the L.A. Like, community. Like, to make that drive, yeah. To make that drive, family. So, it was just, man, it was it was 
I, I mean, I can't say it was unexpected, right? Because we always, we always w would like to expect that. But man, it was wild, bro. It was wild. It was wild, and that was that was our one of our biggest events. We live printed. We were live printing. We did a CMYK screen print. All the workers loved the print. They wanted to get an extra shirt. They still, I still owe some of them some shirts because they want another one. Okay, fool. <laughs> let's 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 get that. Let's get that taken <laughs> care of. <laughs> gotta go do that. Border X, bring me back. <laughs> so you know. I mean, we were just there for the toy drive, and we've done a couple of events with them. So I feel like um, it's been really nice to get embraced by them. You know, with, by like to have have them like really be open to the community and really trying to bring in community folks and obviously like had their hiccups or whatever like no one's perfect and you know there's right. with any new any new venture any new relationship business partnership whatever there's always going to be you know a learning a learning curve a learning period so um definitely looking forward to working with them more though so yeah border x bring us back <laughs> no, I, I, you know i like going over there man it's for the community there's always community in there so you know um they actually listen to us uh, as uh, artist community right listen to our thoughts our ideas and then uh, they you know they take appropriate uh actions so you know we're still we're still supporting over there we like all the love that we get, you know. We're gonna be having some more tiangis over there. See what's going on. What way we can, how we can plug in, right, and activate that space. I feel like we're always trying to find spaces like that, you know. You're always looking for space. spaces, bro. And it's always yeah. the same thing. Like if you don't do it, someone's gonna do it. Right. Who's gonna do it? Who are they gonna bring in? Who's gonna step up to do it and take that spot and make it work? Like it's almost like you know. I mean. I've been asked before, like, why do you care so much? And I just feel like it's kind of like my obligation, you know? Like, it's almost right. like... It's almost like... You're given... Uh, it's almost like we've been given a situation, you know? And it's up to us to work it. Like... And, like... If we abandon it, like, to me personally, if I abandon that spot and I say, hey, you know what, like tired of the politics i'm tired of the miscommunication i'm tired of all the the shit you know that like that, like all the things that come along with working with any venue you know who's got like a lot of a lot of moving pieces right anytime there's any organization with a lot of moving pieces you're gonna have miscommunications and hiccups and you know like there's gonna be issues and it's all about like like you working with those 10 people about resolving right but i feel like if you just walk away from all of it i feel like i would regret it you know it'd be probably right. a big regret in my life because it's like like you said we had a space right. in the hood you know what if and they were willing to at least try even if they weren't executing they're trying to like appease and collaborate and work and communicate so it's almost like dude like gotta take advantage i mean i was just there on saturday and it was cracking bro it was, gotta, it, was you know. it was a cracking ass show man it was a good time and uh yeah like it, they were doing a fundraiser for the border angels you know so it was a good cause it had some good bands like the high high quality entertainment you know they had a stage like a real like a raised a raised stage yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they hired a sound guy like there was you know it was they had a whole different configuration so i mean it was it was dope to see that yeah yeah everyone well, we like to see progress you know i think that's always a dope dope thing right 
to see movement, man. I think that's one of my aspirations for my new shirt, man. Martin Luther King. I want to do the shirt that says just keep it moving, right? Keep it moving. Because the homie said, uh, you know, whether you, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, keep it moving, you know? So I feel like that's always something, that's something that always sticks in my mind, you know? After I'm done with one thing, I was like, want to chill and relax, but that kicks into my mind, right? Like, oh shit. Keep moving. Keep it moving, huh? You got a track like that? That's... Got a track? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we come up with the shirt, we got a track, we got a track for the video. <laughs> yeah, we got a track for the video, we got a track for the video. Sella <laughs> uh, Arts Fest. So for po- folks who are recognition and respect followers who have been listening since day one or who have at least heard, you know, a couple episodes from the first season, talked about the Cell Arts Fest a good amount, but I don't think we ever, it was always during, it was always during like a, a adventure time and the times that we did talk about it on, uh, on the pod, I feel like it hadn't happened yet or it wasn't like super fresh or like the 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 purpose of the conversation wasn't actually about that or we had we were short for time so we didn't go too deep we kind of just gave the overview like 100 plus vendors you know you know acts to stay whatever so i think right now we could actually go a little bit deeper into like how important that shit is and like why it matters and what was cultivarte's role and what was different this year from last year because this is our second annual so what was, you know, what were the uh, the improvements, the changes, and like really the, you know, what did that what did that festival mean for you and your business and your brand and all that? Man, I think you know what most most importantly, I think just growing growing the event, being involved, and in something that's happening in the community, and actually you know being uh being heard, uh, going and putting in the work, walking into the meetings, you know. And developing uh, just the 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 whole event, being part of it, man, being it, it just um, it was a great experience, man. That's for sure. As far as uh, business, I mean, business was uh, it was cool to see uh, some of my friends and and even uh, one of the 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 main the main band members of, uh, for the main act actually say, you know what, I walk I was walking through the festival and I saw your banner that you had. So it's like all oh, the homies here, you know. So actually, like to to be able to represent and be in that space, right? It's it's it was a big plus just to even take space, you know. Um, we also got to vent, so people got to support us, got to buy some shirts, some stickers, um, creating jobs, right? I hired somebody that that hired man. I hired like six people that day. The second time around, right? Because the first year was so wild. The second year we didn't want to be overwhelmed. So I brought uh, people that work with us that got, you know, that been supporting us. I brought them along and actually was able to pay them, you know. So I think that was great because we were talking about creating income, right, for the, for artists. And yeah, it's like what we were talking about before, sustainability, right? right? How do we bring money into it, the community, and keep it there right, and, like, right. create these avenues for, you know, economics. That's something, that's something that uh, I think I strive for, right? So when you support Cultivarte, you're not just supporting me, right? You're supporting countless amount of individuals, you know, in the community, artists, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, all, all, all kinds of people, you know, trying to trying to make it. 
So uh, to be able to to pay folks and hire folks and bring them on and be part of the event, you know, was um, just a great experience to grow, see the growth also from the first year to the second year. Um, if you didn't go the first year and you went the second year, man, there was, I mean, so many, so many big, bigger things, right? On a bigger scale. This Yeah, we had an extra stage. Uh, we, had, Ferris like, wheel. we had we a had Ferris, Ferris wheel. wheel on the river, bro. We had a container maze, wow. silent disco, bro. I mean, a DJ station. Can't even forget, I can't forget about the big old Sela letters, the stand-up Sela Letters like the Mexico by, ones, by Tetris, yeah. you know, the man. ones that were at the Speakeasy two-year anniversary, the same set of letters, same you know. Right. Shout out to the homie Tetris putting together that vision, bro. You know, uh, I remember him talking about it, and I thought he was crazy. I always think his ass is crazy, you know. But then when when I mean, when that, that is happens, crazy. That fool is that fool's local <laughs> chon, you know. <laughs> and when it happens, you know, when you see it happen, and it's like, oh wow, like this fool, this fool dreams big, you know thinks big dreams big and gets big results executes know? bro executes and, and he and he and, and so to see that experience you know was i like, always wow. thought it was tight that like him and his homies were getting paid to tag in the same space that they used to get ticketed and get like arrested, arrested for. for you know like <laughs> that's like the that just shows like how far we've come you know and like yeah, where we're man. actually the change that we're actually you know in in the change we're having, you know, and yeah, the the politics and the the perception of the different art forms, you know. I got to present a band, you know, at the Cella Art Fest on, on one of the stages. So took that, you know, they took us into account, participated in the event. Uh, Van did did a workshop. I took a walk, man. I took a walk during the the art festival, which I wasn't able to do the first year because I was just straight up hustling, working all day, maybe like eight hours straight. So I was able to take a walk, man, and see, like, all the people that are there, you know, all the community, community, right? Because everyone's like, hey, what's up? So you're walking by through the vendors and you're saying, I mean, pretty much what's up, hello to every single vendor, bro, you know? And that's pretty dope to see, to say, like, man, this is all, like, people from around here, you know? Hustling, fucking community, putting this together, right? Shout out to the Hong Kong putting together, like, 150 vendors, you know? No, yeah, and uh, I mean, for me, like, being able to perform, like, at the Alivio stage, you know, and, like, just, like, before I'm going up, running, like, running to the stage to get there on time, because I'm, run like, I was managing another stage and, like, doing other shit, changing wardrobe change, you know, I'm, like, <laughs> rushing to the stage, and I'm, like, I'm running to people, oh, hey, what's up, oh, I'm about to perform, oh, I'm about to, like, oh, come, I'm at the stage, you know, like, just, and, like, being able to, like, just gather a crowd, yeah. you know, and then being on stage and just seeing people, like, fill in, and it's just, like, folks that I know, right, like, you were there, and, like, other, you know, I'm not gonna, like, so many names, I can't even name all the names, right, but, like, my crew was there, Face and Barlos, you know, manager was there, so just, like, all the homie like Roxana, Nancy, just a bunch of like homies from, you know, the neighborhood. Right. I feel like it was like probably for sure. Well, for sure, like the biggest show I've rocked alone. Because with the band, I think like the where you came to see me at the F uh, Florence Firestone or like the grad like that festival. Yeah, probably a little okay, bit bigger. Yeah, had yeah, more yeah. people maybe. Yeah. But I feel like this was, I decided I wasn't rocking with the band and I feel like everybody, there was actually people there to see me, right? At that festival over there, it was kind of like we were at a place. Like, 
It was like some banda corridos, and then it was like I stayed. I stayed for that one. <laughs> <laughs> after your bath, you went on. I was like, yeah, oh, like oh, look, gonna, is that an accordion? Is that a tuba? Right? Is, is that a tuba? Oh, oh, tuba, we're staying. We're staying. gonna stay for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Nah, yeah, it's so fucking paisa. Nah. <laughs> super paisa. Bro. Yeah, nah, super nah, nah. Paisa. No hate over here. I'm just, it's a joke. Uh, no, but yeah, just feeling like like rocking a huge show like that for my people. Like that was probably like the biggest show. For sure, the biggest show I did solo where, like, the most amount of people were there to actually see me. And I wasn't just, like, on some big stage, you know, like, like, yeah. randomly guests or whatever. It was, like, all oh, people were there for Sneaky, you know, like, they pulled up. I had a homie pull up from San Diego, you know, like, so, like, wow. just, yeah. yeah, dog, like, it was, it was tight. So, for sure, one highlight of one of my 2019s, too, so. For sure, man. You know what, I think that. That one leads to uh, the Cellar Art Fest, man, and just uh, seeing all the, the graffiti crews doing uh, art, putting up, you know, put up eight feet wall, eight feet tall walls by like, man, how were they? Eight feet by 40 feet? Something I don't like even that. know. They were the, huge they ass were walls that, though. Some portable walls that Tetris put together, man. And, and leading on to that, another event we did this year, which was actually, I, I feel, one of the one of the closest ones to me, like personally, was to go out to the Consulado Mexicano and uh, for the for the mural unveiling of the homie Tetris from the Way Crew. Uh, he unveiled his mural that he was sponsored by the Consulado Mexicano to tag, I mean, you know, graffiti on the Me Consulado Mexicano wall, bro. I mean, it was it wasn't really like graffiti, right? Because there was no lettering, but it was like yeah. it was like graphic design just on the wall with spray paint, you know, yeah, butterflies, yeah, butterflies. Yeah. Just talking about migration, right? That was a big topic. That's always a big topic in our community, especially in the heart of Los Angeles. Would they say bro. that there's more Mexicans here? I think there's some crazy statistic about how there's more Mexicans here than. In some parts of Mexico, like it was, there was, a, there was a crazy, it was crazy. They were like, Sonora? No, wait, is that where? Okay. Oh, there's, oh, I see. I, I think see there's more. The Mexican population here is bigger than. Like there's more Sonorans here than there are in Sonora or some shit like I that. See. I don't know. Oh, it was, wow. it was something crazy like that. Obviously yeah, I'm yeah. not, I'm not remembering it correctly, but it was like, there's a big population of like Mexicans, not like, yeah, not Latinos, not not like you know Amer mexican americans or american citizens of immigrant parents like straight up like mexicans who were born in mexico like living here you know um, that, that, that was a cool day we got invited by a tetris to go out and live print so we took one of our prints that has a butterfly on it man we had a great response with the community um i think it just fit the the topic as well right we had a uh, mayor garcetti come in and unveil the mural we had a uh, anthony rendon the speaker of california bro we had a uh, you know the, the 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 boss in charge of the consulado mexicano coming over from mexico out here i mean tetris got certified by by a few entities you know he got certified by the city by the state he got certified internationally you know so just to see him, man, to see his family out there, his mom, man, she was super overjoyed with just, man, you know, tears of joy. It was super, uh, just a great experience to see, you know, to see the homie make it or what at least our parents would think that would be making it, right? From going to, going and doing graffiti on the walls, getting arrested when we were young to, to being, like honored, being honored it. by the mayor, bro. I like, mean, I think that fool made it when his fucking Dodger house got on the news. <laughs> fool. I was like, oh, this fool made it, you know? But yeah, I see what you mean. Like, another level, like, 
political recognition, Politi- right? Like yeah. from the entity and shit. Recognition and respect, you know? I need to get Tetris on this motherfucker, mm-hmm. man. What the fuck? He <laughs> would be a good one, man. So hey, it, Tetris, just, if you're listening, I'm going to hit you up. <laughs> hit us up, bro. Hit us up. You're next. And uh, so just working with him, working with him, you know, building the relationship. We got a couple ideas coming through uh, for some printing, you know, uh, working, collaborating as artists and, and just putting something out there for the for the Southeast L.A. community. I feel something that's always something me and Tetris talk about. And but, he's, you know, we, we're always busy, man. We're both always busy. So trying to find time, you know, you got to be intentional with your time. That way we can really uh, put that together, you know. But I feel even just talking about it, right, it just gets it just gets it brewing and 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 putting your ideas out there, and sooner or later, you know, something will something will make it happen, you know. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick five, and we're back. So I was I was telling Ray a story. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just gonna finish, right? So so this fool walks in, and he comes up to me, and he's like, "Oh, you're the DJ?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm the DJ." And I'm like, "I also throw the show." He's like. All right, that was dope, man. Uh, and he goes and he slips me a twenty dollar bill. He's like, I know the DJs don't usually get taken care of, and like, and I know you you work a lot and do everything. Like, here, dog, take this. And it's like, all right, tight. He's like, I brought a pound full. If you want to, and there's a shitload of blunts full. If you want to, just rock over there, roll yourself a couple. Like, you know, you just go in there, do whatever you want to do, bro. Just roll yourself a couple. Shows. I was like, all right. <laughs> And I was like, okay, we're gonna. That's how I knew we were gonna have a good night. I was like, damn, that's how the Shit. night. And that was like at like, like at nine fifteen, nine thirty, dog. Yeah, that was early. Before bro. anybody got there, fool, just yeah. took over that whole table, set up a rolling station for everybody. So he, yeah, he was on. That fool was on it. No, and he it. bought forty modelos, and they gave him tickets, and he gave out free drinks during his set or right before his set. Right before his set. Uh, wow. So he brought a pound. He let he rolled a shiller blunt. He let re- people roll their own blunts. He let people roll their own joints from like the, just it was like a little pile of weed. I saw his big ass bag. It yeah. was just a big ass pile, and anybody anybody was able to just go up there and roll shit. <laughs> oh shit, that's crazy, bro. And he gave away free beers. Wow, I know, right? Homie oh. Russo, 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 shout out Russo. Hey, what up, homie? That's what happens at Speakeasy Maywood. So if you missed the uh, last show of the year fucked up of the decade of the decade now you messed up that's a trip bro seeing him perform there because i've i've i used to hang out with him i used to hang out with him at his at his at his uh on the block you know then first grew up on malabar and hp and uh, i always used to roll up they was you always used to roll up to the to the crib when I was staying in Maywood, we had them, uh, we always uh, brought the Malabar crew, we used to play poker, you know, drink beer all night, kick it, bring the homie, play his guitar, so seeing him, I, I know what kind of person he is, you know, so I always, always run into him, and I ran into a bunch of homies too that I hadn't seen in a couple of years, so that was a, little, that was a trip, you know, I walked in, people were like, oh, you, you went to HP, huh? But I was, I think I was a little bit older than most folks, I was like, oh, two, they're like, oh, oh, four. Oh six, mm-hmm. but it was still the same. You know, same same crew, bro. We of all course, grew up in the course. same neighborhood. Somebody's brothers, brothers. You know, not even then. Like, uh... nah, yeah, man. I just, I really like to think that we're we create a community right there. You know, and that it's like a community space, and that like, for sure, that was people people 
reunite there and they meet up there and like people you know people like they they congregate you know it's a space where people actually congregate and meet and do all this shit so chill with each other right yeah for sure bro. like after years of not seeing each other and shit you know like like uh barlos and the dark side used to be dark side rest in peace the homie mr amaya used to be barlos's teacher bro Oh, wow. and they reunited oh, right there you know and that will kind of put him on to like poetry and hip-hop and like wow that's a trip that's a trip yeah i remember from my cd release i had my homegirl uh bambi feel good rocking with us and some other homie that she didn't even invite you know was just there like and they're like, oh shit, what? You're here, I'm performing, what? And it was just like, that's that's kind of like, that's the vibe, you know? Like we're creating that shit, like, like where the where the community congregates, you know? All right, so yeah, Speakeasy Maywood. Check out the uh, hashtag Speakeasy Maywood every second Friday. Next one is uh, January 10th, and I actually got a headliner in the DMs right now. And uh, I guess he's not going to be the headliner, so fuck it. Got to find a new headliner. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about uh, 2020, bro. You were making jokes about how you only got one goal for 2020, but I'm going to need I'm gonna need some more goals out of you than just the one, bro. <laughs> so you're going to make the list right now? Yeah, bro. You know what? I think... I think uh... I'm going to write it down, and then like we'll just... We'll pretend it's a consultation, you know? We'll talk right, about how right, we're going right. to execute later. I mean, my, my, my first goal, because that's just been a goal that's been in progress, was just to finish school. And so this will be my uh, coming coming January, will be my fourth semester at Cal State LA. So I just want to graduate on time, two years, you know? I want to do it on time. That's really important for me, man. I did like six years, seven years at ELAC for my other for my AA you know same 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 so you know I'm I'm, I'm I am playing around you know what I mean so when I go up there and I say you know what that's my main goal that that might not be my my only goal but that's probably my main goal right so to just to um finish strong bro finish strong uh go to graduation right walk the stage just uh trying to vis- visualize that so we can actually make it happen and be an example, you know, we'll be, be an example to other folks who might say, you know what, it's too late for me. I've been away from school for like 10 years, 15 years. You know what, it don't matter, you know, because you can always catch up. So you just got to, you know, so I'm trying not to waste no no time. So that's one of our first goals, the main goal, right? And but as as we move along, it's like, well, how can we how can we expand at the studio? How can we create uh, new programming uh new ideas new merchandise new man you know how can we innovate push the envelope right so i think one of the goals is just to be just to be open and flexible to whatever comes right and uh man just keep keep growing the brand trying to put into maybe try to put into practice what i've been learning a little bit right i mean i already do it because i'm there every day and i bring it back to the shop but really having I, I look forward to having that extra time bro you know school takes a lot of my time i have man i have five classes bro three every week you know three hours each class that's 15 hours of lecture that's only lecture right if you really want to succeed in class it takes maybe like six hours after that so you're really talking about nine hours per class to to really try to be successful nine ten hours so that adds up to a full-time job bro 
So, you know, full-time school, full-time work, full-time, man, all kinds of other things, right? Like new projects, new ideas, vending, uh, customers. You want to do more events? Yeah, I want to do more events, man. You know, something that's that's out there is just, um, um, you know, I don't get out uh, on the social media a lot, but something that I learned out there is that you got to put yourself out there, right? You know, you're, you, you represent your own brand, and you are the brand. You are the face of the brand, right? So you 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 gotta. There's no other choice but to put yourself out there. You know, whether you like it or not, or you want to be engaging, or but you know, people need to see a face behind the product, right? I think that always adds to like the 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 value for sure. You know, if they know who you are. They know where you're coming from. Then you know whatever you do, we'll, we'll, people will support. You know, so that's why we like to keep a community. So that's expanding our expanding the the print program is another one. You know, we're talking to some people right now. Uh, I don't want. I'm not gonna put it out there because it's not even finalized yet. So we can't even talk about that. That's fair. That's fair. It's in the process, right? We gotta give the process uh, some. It's time. The respect, right? Don't wanna don't wanna um, celebrate speak before too soon. we yeah, speak yeah, too yeah. soon, right? So we we we're in the works. Something's can't in the, the works. Can't put the cart before the horse, as right, they right. say. Something is in the works, but you know that's another goal of us, or, or expanding our print program, taking it to the local libraries, where the young kids uh, around the community can actually say, you know what, I'm gonna go to the local library and then check out the the collection there that they got uh, from Cultivarte, you know. So just uh, making an impact with the kids, the community, um, school. Uh, expanding the brand, uh, new products, you know. Uh, I feel a lot of, uh, sometimes too, a lot of um, uh, improvements at the studio, right? Buying new tools, Well, like you got that new counter, that new counter is nice. That new table, yeah, the new new storage is nice. We got a new counter in the front for all our customers, who all our customers who visited us and supported us in the past. Uh, When you walk into Cultivarte now, we have a, a nice little island, tabletop island for you you know to lay down your artwork and be able to take an order uh make it easier on the on the customer make it easier for us right we got some samples on the wall so just um making it cleaner right leaner cleaner uh organized just looking better making it easier you know what about like new products for artists, right? Like what 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 are, what are you gonna start offering? Like you offer buttons, you offer stickers, you offer shirts. Is there anything? Tote bags, hoodies. Like what's what's next? Is there gonna? I, we know we 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 kind of went outside the box with the black on black foil. Then I'm calling it the holographic tee. You know, um, like what's you know? Is there you got new shit on the? You know, I, I was there. We learned how to screen print a cylinder. Like what's up? What's next, bro? Damn, man! I got all these these uh, projects right on the works, uh, and with the interns or interns always uh, trying to push the envelope, right? Trying to make it different, uh, differentiate yourself from from other folks, right? Doing the same thing. Um, so how do we make a different new products, man? New products. Uh, for sure, one of them that's in that's coming is uh, you'll be able to uh, purchase a print, one of our print editions with a frame if you want to, right? So that's gonna be an option of having a frame. That's a new product, and that that's kind of crazy because it's all in house, right? We bring in the artists, we bring in the paper, we bring in the inks, make screens, print, sign the edition, emboss it, split it, and then make frame for it, make a frame for it. You know that you're gonna, you you get to take it home. I mean, bro, there's, there's, I mean, just seeing that process through the shop 
and the artist being able to experience all that, how you can take something from virtually a conception item to like a real product, you know? And so just being able to see that, I think we're trying to incorporate that, our framing with our print editions. How can we, how can we offer that already as a whole, you know? You might want to buy the print with the frame already, you know? And so you can display it, right? It only makes sense. As far as that, I mean, uh, new products, new shirts. We, we, we're uh, just going back to school. I had a class this semester that's called uh, Business in its Social Settings, bro. You know? So we talk about, like, capitalism. What does that mean for business? What does that mean in the future? What, is, what does the past look like, you know? Private property, taxes, um, man, all kinds of history and through the business, you know, business history, bro, through like a textbook has just been crazy, you know. It's like it's it kind of it's kind of like a the way best way to explain it is like walking into an art to an art history classroom, bro, and looking at pictures, you know, and depicting these pictures and seeing what they meant, you know, what the, what they're talking about back in those days and how that translates now into today and how capitalism and like fast fashion because ultimately we're also in the fashion industry right we print on, on clothes so seeing how the fast fashion industry affects our business and moving forward as a sustainable company uh, not only through our people and the community but also through the products that we're printing on you know so uh, we have this other idea. That's another project, right? New project. Uh, oh yeah, you told me about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're trying to bring in a, you know, we're trying to make our own clothes. Pretty much, I'll just keep it simple, right? We're trying to make our own clothes, uh, design, manufacturers, cut and sew uh, here in Los Angeles, and and selling blanks for other artists who are looking to screen print or you know selling blanks uh, at a retail at a retail level, you know. So looking at other companies who have done it before, something like, you know, maybe like right off the bat, you could say like American Apparel. Right? <coughs> there was a, somewhat of, you know, represent a little bit of a, what what we're trying to do. But of course, you know, the big, big corporation with stockholders and. Right, right, like right, that, right. It would be it's like that's that's uh, that's yeah. an example, but, but not necessarily the model or to, or the model, yeah. but not necessarily the example or something like that. To to break it down, yeah, we're trying to bring in some fabric, sustainable fabric, um, cut and sew here in Los Angeles, and you know, pretty much using that to print our garments on and putting it out there. You know, also uh, creating jobs through that, right? Who's gonna cut it? Who's gonna sew it? If it's local, and it's vertic vertically integrated, then we we have the power, you know, to make those decisions, right? To not sustain. Uh, fast fashion that's being made in uh you know india uh places like that man people are dying like you know? sweatshop Fucking labor, sweatshop, yeah, you know? child put, labor right you know when you buy a two dollar shirt as cheap as it sounds like i mean people's sweat and blood are in that fucking shirt you know what i'm saying especially at two dollars bro so we you know uh there's places like uh india where they pay you know three dollars a day three dollars a day bro what the fuck are you gonna do with three dollars a day you know and they're still pumping out like hundreds of pieces hundreds of pieces bro sewing off fucking day and so so we keep buying these kind of clothes like we're, we're feeding that you know we're part of that process and so the deeper we get into printing the more we think about like well do we really want to go that route you know 
And at first, it, 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 it's the easiest way to get into screen printing, right? You want to find a, a cheap shirt, best quality cheap shirt. But you, you also have to understand what that means, you know, and not only till you're in the business, till your customers are telling you what they like, what they want, what they support, you know, which is a bigger, which is a big part of Cultivarte. I feel like that um, it, it's almost our responsibility, you know, to source something that is that is definitely sustainable and trying to get away from that market, you know, and not only get away from that market for us, but for also other individuals that are in the same business that we are, you know, that maybe had that, that same uh, problem, right? It's a problem. And, but how to, you know, how do we battle it? How do we, you know, bring it in, bring, bring it closer to home. So invest in our communities, invest in our, in our markets, you know, cut it and sell it here. Um, you know, I, uh, I always see a lot of, uh, uh, of our friends and our acquaintances, they, they got family, you know, who sew at home for a living or something, you know, mm-hmm. so just trying to create a, 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 another avenue for them to, to have some way to make income have, uh, or maybe another choice of the, of who they're taking work from, you know, so we're able to provide these, these people with some work in the community, cut and sew in LA by your tia, your you know your your moms, your grandma, your your pops, your tío, you know your brothers, sisters, whatever it is, whoever's doing this work, uh, we can, we can keep it in the community, you know. So that's another big thing, uh, project that we got in the works. And man, you know, what else we got in the works, man? There's so many things in the works. Well, I mean, we're <clears throat> supposed to have a seller arts planning meeting. The Next festival, month. Yeah, yeah, the third annual Sela. And we can say annual now, right? They said the first year was not annual. The first year is the inaugural. And then the second, second year was annual. This not but third, this is the third. Annual. Wow. And it only keeps getting bigger and bigger. I can't even. Uh, makes me think what I want to bring to the That's to the actually festival, what I wanted you know? to. I wanted to get into that. And maybe like uh, we could probably do a follow-up episode later with more of the folks. You know, we could bring in Sit Lalik and maybe... Um, Someone else, you know? I'm not sure who. Yeah. But we could Tetris. Eat. We got Tetris. We got Citlali. We got yeah, uh, we'll, Edlin. We got so Yeah, many maybe Citlali and yeah. Edlin, you know, bring them in. Because I feel like they do there, There's portions. some of the folks that represent a bunch of other folks, right? And so they do this, big portions. Right. Big, like, it wouldn't, be, yeah. it wouldn't be an arts festival without Edlin curating the art. Right. And it really wouldn't be a festival... If there weren't all these vendors, you know, that's kind of what makes like, like a lot of people want to call things festivals and they're just like shows, you know, right. like they call everything a fest these days. But, uh, what someone, I, someone told me that and I, I asked them like, so is the Seller Arts Festival one of those events? And they're like, nah, man, you got music, art, culture, food entertainment entertainment like that's i mean like Activities. the music right yeah, act, yeah there's like there's more oh. portions to it than just like here's a stage and here's the performers right. and maybe there's like they're selling merch that's not a festival you know like we have like food trucks and art artisans art vendors you know um people doing live art interactive 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 installations mm-hmm. yeah multiple you know, things for every age, face painting, Ferris wheel, you know, all this stuff. So, 
Um, I want to have a hip-hop stage. Just a hip-hop stage? Like a straight-up, just like straight-up hip-hop stage. Where we could represent like the four pillars, like legit. Mm-hmm. And I can actually have a budget to pay like some break dancers, some pop locker, you know, some B-boys and B-girls and B-people to come through and like, and we could have like dope ass DJs, fucking scratch and MCs, you know. And obviously I would still curate it like on some family friendly all age shit, you know, but I think it'd be like. That sounds pretty dope, man. Because I think like. I don't know. There's also got to be. There's also got to be like a different structure of the entertainment, right? Because I feel like I got to present the paisa homies. Last year, bro. <laughs> Just saying. I got to present my homies, Face and Barlos. You know, I got to book them. You know, and they were they 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 got it cracking. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like. Uh, I just feel like there's sometimes like earlier in the day there's a lot going on for the amount of people that are there you know for sure for sure you know what after going through the two years you you i'm not exactly too sure what i want to do but i for sure want to make it more interactive because the last years uh we've we've done the printing right as as facilitators but i think uh i had an idea to some somehow uh have the kids or the people print their own poster and be it uh be it uh what what they print is going to be a certificate and you pretty much when you print that certificate it's going to say like oh you just been certified by the cultivarte school of arts you know as a screen printer as a junior screen printer or something yeah? and we will sign it and they will sign it and they'll take it home with them you know so i feel something like that would, would be a super dope you know to have the kids come and do it the people come and do it and but actually don't they receive. already print don't they already get what they print they they make a stencil bro they do make a stencil but i feel like that that might take too long it's not as interactive as coming for a minute because there's so many things to do at the festival right you don't want to be at a station for 30 45 an hour so i think making it faster easier having something but just still have them be incorporated printing it and and maybe take a certificate home you know as as a like a memory right like oh shit i did arts at the festival and i got a certificate would you still have the stencil though for those folks who want to sit there and do it um because i mean you're always slammed right so folks are doing it right i don't think so bro i think we'll switch it up you know i think we're gonna switch it up so make it more lean Uh, maybe something that i've been learning at school how to make the process easier faster serve more people right be have more of an impact so i think uh rather than making a stand so we can have folks print you know i think it's more fun less tedious less less work you know and and be more of a general thing i, I feel the stencils are more for like an artist you know maybe somebody who's done it before or you know if you're a parent you're really gonna have to dedicate some time to help your kid make that stencil you know so it just I, I feel like it adds up more work. So making it easier, simpler, more entertaining, fun, fast, simple. You know, I think it would be a good idea without it also getting more value for the money, right? 
not being so cost effective. Last year we did hire we did hire a good amount of people to help us with the stencils, and so I think that put us over budget, uh, not only for us but for the festival. You know, right, so right. So that's something that the festival was, I think is going to talk about this year how how the budget we everyone went a little bit over budget, so everyone's going to have to control the cost a little bit. Because we're trying to grow, right? We're trying to grow. And that first thing, maybe the first thing we think of growing is like, oh, we need more money. To do more and bring to more. To do more, bring more people, more, have more yeah. support and all that, you know. But it can also be backfiring, right? Because you, then you're not as effective, I feel, you know. It or you're not, you're not trying to get as creative. Right. Because you have smaller budgets, you kind of have to get more creative to like right. make it so, work. So I feel like I want to bring that that mentality in in this third year you know how can we uh, uh you know not take up as much money from the budget how can we make it uh more entertaining more fun how can we add value bro we, but without adding cost you know or even reducing cost like why not you know so i think that's one of the the, the projects for the seller art fest you know i think for me um I think if everything goes according to plan, the way I've been trying to execute and set up stuff for the new year, I think I might be able to get into a different type of role, you know? Right, instead right. of being yeah. like, instead of being um, a consultant that they pay to bring in equipment and acts and this and that right maybe instead like i'm a donor you know in exchange for logo placement or a banner or the chance to name a stage you know something i'll bring xyz free of cost and maybe you just have to cover the acts you know and the right, staging right. and i'll bring I'll bring sounds, a book acts, maybe even like if we print, maybe get a budget to print flyers and get my logo on them, but then I'll, I'll be in charge of distribution and, and I'll pay for the street team, you know, to go out and actually distribute, you know, like finding ways where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. cause I feel like what I do or what I've done these last couple of years, it's kind of overlapped, right, by other folks on the on the committee. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. How do we change it up, right? How do we? How like, can how we be we... more effective? Uh, you know, like Ult- last ultimately year, I... get more bang for the buck. You like know? this year, this or, past or... year, I really told Miguel, I was like, uh, I'm just here to fill in, you know, to be the mortar in between all the bricks that you have around here, right? So, like, where do you need me, right? And that's why I ended up providing so much, like, little things across wide varieties, right? Like, I helped some folks out with lights. I brought sound system for other folks. I booked DJs. I DJed, you know? Like, I was able to just, I just kind of filled in the gaps where people needed help. But I think next year, I kind of want to, like, take charge of an entire thing and be like, I'm going to bring this for half the cost because I'm going to be donating and like providing my own right. equipment, my own sounds, my own lighting, 
I like that mentality. Yeah. So I have a, a somewhat similar same idea, right? How can we bring something, right? Bring a, like a, a whole thing, right? It's its own thing through our own resources, you know? And and just putting it out there, you know, for the folks to see. So I'm not even sure, man. We might even, uh, I think we probably end up collaborating again with Jen. For those of y'all, Jen Domingo, big shout out to Jen. Uh, me and her and Tetris did a collaboration for the Seller Art Fest to print and graffiti on some some uh, cut cut and sew pieces. So uh, Jen, she's a, a fashion designer, so she cuts and sews her own garments and things like that. So we collaborated to put some art on some blanks. And we turned it into her. She uh, sewed it up into a couple of dresses and maybe like three outfits, you know. And it was cool to see, man, because uh, just from that collaboration, we ended up uh, selling one of the pieces. And that was displayed at the state capitol. So, you know, that was like, wow, that's pretty fucking dope, you know. And we actually sold the dress. Somebody bought the dress. So we... we uh, Ended up getting some money for for labor, right? Because it was just a, it was mostly a donation. Um, but I told Jen, you know what, Jen, keep keep a, keep a third of that, and so we can collaborate later, right? Like you hold that money because me, you know, if I hold that money, I'm gonna invest it into something else, wrong, you know? That's gonna be a different project, more uh, more guided towards me and my sustainability. So I told her to keep a portion because in the future that's something that we like to do, you know, collaborate again with Jen on some cut custom cut and sew pieces you know with some custom art like i mean i think just as a fashion as as far as fashion and and designing and putting out a brand i think that has a lot of value you know being able to cut and sew your own shit right goes a little bit hand in hand with what we're trying to do with the community and 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 our own uh, so she said she showed some sew some samples for me for sure you know if i get a, a template and all that so She's definitely in the works. That's another project that we got going on, and and man, you know, we had maybe turning that into not only uh, our uh, fashion on mannequins, but actually, why can't we have a runway, you know, and actually have a fashion show, right? And actually have somebody model these pieces, somebody from the community model these pieces, right? We always or talking maybe, about like, or maybe even multiple designers, right? Where it's not just wow, Jen, maybe multiple Jen, collections. Maybe Ooh. Jen has her cut and sew pieces. Bro. Maybe we work with Casey Apparel, Shanti, Bro. right here from Huntington Park, and she has her if, pieces. If there's maybe a runway with, and we and we can do a collection per hour, you know what I mean? Every hour there's a new collection by, by a different artist, right? Right, and that through. has to do with, like, the scheduling, right? And what's going on yeah. when and entertainment and, like, when, you know, like... And that's super possible, man. I mean, me and you that like, were involved, that's not I'm, even that I, hard to do. I almost you know? envision, and this might sound crazy, right? I almost envision, like, the main stage not being activated until, like, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock yeah like where it's like so. like where it's like you have the community stage you're the uh, the alivio stage you know maybe if i if, folks maybe if i maybe if i yeah. actually get an entire hip-hop stage then alivio can funnel the hip-hop acts that he gets to me and he can clear up space to actually do community theater in the alivio stage you know what i mean and then right, right, right. 
and maybe that main stage like we wait till that magic hour to have like the bigger acts come in and just do like like, like the sunset and then that's magic hour and then that's when like the stage that's when that stage gets activated and maybe like and maybe like the other ones like the programming gets a little bit more scattered you know and like then like we can kind of like kind of just have a more a different type of flow and build up like some kind of like actually have a flow right i I see what you're saying bro from instead of having three stages you can still have three stages but throughout that time people can get it pushed a little bit to a certain a certain way right because like community theater was super cracking was the fire. whole time i was fine and that was the stage i was managing and like i was yeah. djing for i'm not managing um danily was doing the managing but i was djing like the in-betweens and like you were in charge of the sound out there trying huh? to keep i was in charge of the sound but i was just like uh i was there to make you were sure the mortar. That, there, that there was no dead time so like when the dead when the when the when the the groups were changing i was djing and making sure that like you know Bro, some of my I saw some of my like, friends. Danali doesn't didn't really have the um audio jargon lingo. Right, yeah, yeah. And the sound guys were having their own internal discussions and issues, you know. So the fact that I was able to there like Does not get into that one, bro. I know, yeah, but I just was <laughs> I, I was able to decode and like jump in and like yeah, tell yeah, folks yeah. like, yo, this mic, that, this, that, you know, and like just kinda like help out with that a little bit her shit was the most on point as far as like timing Sound and, and people timing being and ready yeah the, 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 the only thing that wasn't was, on was, was the disaster the only thing that beginning. wasn't on point for her was the like lighting and direct decorations weren't done so folks mm. her and that, that was the little, one that started a little bit earlier there was right? little yeah. ninos dancing and there were fools in the back like still hanging and there's like mm. familia recording fools in the back like it's just kind of like sloppy you know a little bit yeah Damn, that's crazy. I, I I do see that though, little little stage, uh, you know, for some fashion design. Uh, uh, why not, bro? You know, we was talking about our clothes, our people are not represented, or maybe uh, like also you, our body styles are not represented. Or so being then we able have to the use, power to change that, you know, or use the timing, right? Like if the main stage isn't going to be doing anything, do a fashion show there, From set up to set up, you know, like while minutes. like while while the while while the while the two other stages are transitioning or whatever. That little fashion show. You know, something like that where it's like, um, I think like a lot of the people who are booking, everybody, even myself, I think we were thinking like, okay, we only have this many hours. Like, how do we stuff as much stuff as as possible and like try to book as many entertain you know big so like band. quantity quantity over quality almost a little bit you know or, 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 or if you're trying to fit that many people or, then you're gonna lose some quality right it's or, a little trade-off or you do get quality and quantity and then you go over budget right because you got to pay these right. acts to come and you got to pay the sound guys and that was one of the big oh, yeah, things bro, that was sure. one of the big things that like i think one of the takeaways that we got was that like the bigger the acts that we get, the more we got to spend right, on right, sound right. equipment and production in order to like be able to match. You know what? Something I learned from uh, the homie uh, Sal Ponce, Ponce Signs. Ponce. Shout out to the homie was that he said uh, something he learned that from doing signs was a, 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 a big model. You know, was a, a couple of sayings was if you want it 
fast and you want it good, then it's not going to be cheap, you know? And if you want it good and you want it cheap, then it's not going to be fast, you know? And I forgot a couple other sayings, right? If you if you don't, what? A, <laughs> it's a couple of things in there, bro. You know, if you want it fast and you want it and you want it good, then it's not gonna be cheap. Right, right, right. You know, so being able to identify what 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 who the customer is and what the product outcome is expected, right? So so that you don't kill yourself, and you know you're not gonna under deliver or get underpaid. You know, and that's the thing. I feel like that festival it means a lot more to people than just the bands that are playing obviously sure, people come bro. for the music yeah. but like and people come for you know what lot, i like something people, i like about the festival is that we got brought in to to be a part of it but at the same time we were giving the tools to execute right and and mainly one of the big tools is money bro you know they they brought a little bit of budget they say okay what do you want to do tell us how much it costs and if we can support that, we will. So I, I, that's something that I really like about the festival. You know, they're able to like just uh, cater to 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 us. You know, to what the the real artists and the community need to do what they want, right? And that's always a hard time because if you want to do what you want, you're gonna have to pay for it yourself. You know what I'm saying? So they're able to come in and kind of support our visions. You know, if they agree, if they align, if the festival aligns with their vision or with your vision, then this goes out to everybody, you know, and because they'll take a proposal, right? So if you got a proposal, you come in with a proposal and a budget and if they can support that, then they will. And I mean, to date, they haven't said no to many people, many people, right? So it's very inclusive, bro. Like I just... I mean, you just have to be able to execute it with what they give you, you know? That's right. the, that's what it comes down to is, like, if you can't get it done, then don't ask for the money, you know? Because that's where it becomes an issue, really. But I feel like, um, like you said, because of the whole budget issues and them, they're, they're, there's going to be a whole other process next year for, like, how money gets allotted and, like, I think, yeah, like they think they're gonna they're gonna have to change it up. And I think it's gonna be more like if I had to guess, just kinda of from what I've seen and what I heard and what like maybe someone might have told me, um they're gonna wanna create some kind of like council or like some kind of like um some kind of like group decision process where they're not the ones deciding because I feel like they wanna take themselves out of the equation so that it's not like Oh, you fools didn't give me the money. It's gonna be like, no, everybody decided that that wasn't a necessary integral part. That was the least of popular. the festival, or it wasn't like gonna make a huge impact, or it was yeah. way over. Like I feel they're gonna they're gonna give us more power to decide what gets done because I think like they're probably gonna have a cap, you know. Like, this is as much as we can fundraise, as much as we can get, right, as right, much right. and like, this is what it's going to be. So, you're going to have to decide what's going to get, what's going to get money, like, and what's not, and what, or what stuff can get money diverted from it, you know? Right, right, right. You know what? That's what I like about the, the Seller Art Fest, that it's a high, high involvement organization, you know what I'm saying? 
they, they, you know, they have to make some decisions, but it's not very like bureaucratic, like hierarchical, fucking top down kind of thing. You know, very like in your throat, like this is what it is, and that's how it's gonna be, and that's how it's gonna get done. You want to fucking participate or not? You know, they actually bring us in and and create ideas. So I, I feel whatever ends up coming out, of it it should be a good thing, right? It should be a good thing for everyone. Well, I think as long as everybody's intentions are pure or at least like in the sense of like not I me mean not not pure like santos but like as long as like people are doing it for like the love of the community you know and to try to like to bring something nice for their people and to like you know do something dope and be able to be part of like history i think that's like i think that's as long as people are coming from that place of like creating a positive change then the ideas and the decision making and like what like what is actually the purpose of the festival and the money and the art like what does this actually mean i think it's going to go to the right places you know right right and obviously like music is a huge part and art is a huge part so i think me and you will be covered <laughs> i mean you know as long as we stay innovative and we bring something to the table right i mean contribute right be part of the community uh represent and i i feel like that because not only do we represent ourselves but we represent other folks right behind behind our causes so i think that adds to the value that we bring you know it's not just we're gonna bring ourselves but we bring a whole team right we bring a whole community we bring uh just the whole support system behind behind us and what we do right so I think that's a big key, at least for us. You know, we we it's not we just don't do it for ourselves, right? We do it for other folks. Like you're talking about naming a stage, but you want to bring all the homies through, right? So we could bring all the homies through, right? So we put people on and we fucking create income and or even then like avenues. Graffiti's already represented, right? One of the four pillars of hip hop is already there, and there were DJs and there were rappers you know what I mean like it's already happening across the festival but I think if you brought it all together like into one area it could be super powerful you know where like the graffiti is in the context of the music and the dancing and the rapping and the, you know so it's like it all damn bro and then you're gonna bring graffiti onto the stage well I mean if it's <laughs> my right? stage right Put up a wall up there, bro. Nah, nah, I think the, the, the wind, I think the wind yeah. would. But, like, if the shit's happening right next to the stage, where it's like you're looking at the stage and you can see it at the same time, like. The art fest, bro. I like, I like the art fest, you know. It, it, it's, a, it's a good challenge, right? It makes you think. Well, I think it's also one creative. of the tightest things. Honestly, it's like, we, we do so much, I think we forget that that's probably, like, one of the tightest things that we're part of, you yeah, know? Dope as shit. It's yeah, like, dope. that shit's, like historical like we're like we're almost in the eye of the tornado right now that like like 10 years from now they're gonna talk about how like that festival changed the course of like the history like you know like wow. people were inspired yeah. you know there were little kids who are gonna be like that was my first music festival down in the Elliott river you know and i wow. saw local people from where i lived on state, you know how many like how many like how right, inspirational right, right. is that? You know, like to to kids growing up in the neighborhood. That's crazy, bro. You like know, we never had we, shit like that. You know, we only it's only been around two two years, and and 
right now that you said that, I can't even imagine how many people have been impacted, right? By just uh, being a part of it or showing up or just contributing. Yeah, like the or... six to 7,000 folks that have came wow. either year. The hundred plus the vendors, year, bro, the hundred plus vendors that are involved, you we, know, we with their families goal. and shit. Remember, we said the goal five. The first year was to bring in maybe four thousand, and but because everything was up in the air, permits, budgets, uh, you know, proposals, everything. Then, then the the really the expected number was like went down to like two thousand, and then you know we said, oh, we're really expecting like a thousand maybe 500 right something around those and then we our first year we ended up getting like over six seven thousand people right? yeah that was a big eye-opener right to say man this is really needed so i think the second year they we try to up the budget try to up our our, our involvement we uh we made it bigger more made space bigger, like more square right? feet yeah, more square yeah, yeah. feet more attractions big yeah and, and now to me when you say make it bigger it's like okay how can we add to me, that really what that translates is to how can we add more value, bro, you know? I think I was going to say depth. Yeah, depth, like had, value, like, right? Without, without adding more capital, without bigger. adding more capital, how can we become more efficient, you know? Like not bigger two-dimensionally where you have to spread out, but bigger three-dimensionally where you build either up or down, like deep into like the emotion, the psyche, the culture, right? Like make it deeper. Like how do you make that event more meaningful, right? Right. Maybe yeah. we have like yoga meditation and sound baths you know maybe we have like you know community healing type like shit like clinic maybe Ooh. like you know maybe there's like we bring massage therapists in like like people you know like like i know the right people for that bro like like you healers know right we're talking about healers and like yeah yeah yeah. i'll talk about you know what it now would be a good a good time to uh just plug in a an org that i work with called dignity and power now and uh, what they do is they we hold the wellness clinics actually uh, just across. Uh, uh, usually we post up in front of uh, jails. Uh, we post up in front of uh, mostly LA County jails. This year we we uh, did a detention center in Adelanto. Uh, we did a women's facility here in the city of Linwood. And um, how I got involved with them is um one time somebody hit me up out of random and they say you know what we're gonna pop up in front of the la county jail we like to bring some art uh it was a non-profit organization and they asked me how much would it cost you know for me to to for for, for me to go out and print out there and support uh so i shot them a price a really low price i was like you know what we can do it for 200 bucks i show up that's worth my time i'll put the posters i'll put the screen i'll bring my generator i'll you know i'll i'll uh, everything you know so they they agreed to it and after their my first time um they really really liked what i was doing so the the only thing that was that they came up to me at the end of the first that the first uh ever dignity and power now pop-up that i did in front of the jails and their their answer was like you know what we like what you do we're gonna pay you but we can't pay you all the time you know um, but then they say we're gonna shoot you a couple of days. Look, this is the days that we're gonna be doing it. If you can donate some time, we would appreciate it. If not, then it, then it's all good, you know. But they really welcomed me, bro. To to it, it was a community of healers, you know, just people uh, doing work, volunteering. We had a exactly like you said, we had a, a 
sound sound therapy, uh, yoga, massage, uh, acupuncture, screen printing, uh, crown flower making. Uh, we were giving away gift gift bags already with with uh, essence oils and and tea bags and all kinds of stuff, you know, and just um, working with the community, seeing uh, the these spaces, dignity and power now provides a, a holistic healing space, bro, for people who are visiting their loved ones in jail or just happen to be walking out, you know. And so I think maybe being able to bring that into the the Cellar Arts Festival would be pretty cool, bro. And I feel like that might even be what we can do earlier in the day, right? Like, right. Because, like, we start, wait, what time did we start this year? <clears throat> this year it was two. Two? I think two or three. Yeah. Two? I think two, huh? Yeah. Okay. So we started at two. Two. Last year we started, the first year it was, I think, Twelve. Two, four. We tried, what? No. It was late. The first year was later. Word? I thought yeah. this year was later. No, this year was earlier. To expand the programming, expand the day. I think the first year was 4 to 10. The second year was 2 to 10, you know, 2 to 11. I feel like maybe you're right. I thought we started at 12, bro. The first year. No, it was like because the shit was going four. back and forth, took more time. But maybe I'm wrong. We should we should check that. But um, but my point is this year we started like it was hot. It was early. It was like music, community, everything. All the stages were like cracking, right? But there right. wasn't that many people there, right? So I'm thinking like if we invest less money into acts and performers for the earlier in the day and we actually can get more like shade and spaces for folks then maybe we could do stuff for like and like if there's less sound like maybe we just have one dj booth at one end and on the other end is like sound healing like you know like the community healing stuff and then like at a certain time that ends right and it's like the show starts where it's like more cons like you don't have like almost like parts like like phases of the event so that there's something for everybody because i feel like we were depending really a lot on the axe drawing and the buzz of it and like video and promotion and for sure all that worked but i almost feel like if there was something like more intentional like folks would actually show up right like right for some because if you're old music and art is going to be happening all day cool oh no but the the sound baths end at four five right yeah 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 yeah. oh no like the massage therapists are only there until six you know like it's like the you know like kind of give an incentive for folks to show up early and also because later in the evening when you have you you need to have more activity going on it's going to be harder to do like have quiet spaces where you can actually do like deep intention meditation you know man that sounds super dumb bro you know i show up at fucking noon to get a massage bro right like, 20 minutes i mean it doesn't have to be maybe like an hour right no no maybe yeah maybe it's like but maybe like 
15, 10, 10, 10 15, 15 minutes yeah. per session, right? You have maybe like five massage therapists there. Or maybe like you lay down, you do the sound bath first. You do the sound bath first so that you get your energy mm. all right. And then when you're all calm, like you lay, then you get the massage. Like, it's little, like the little healing gym. Little like from station assembly, to station. Yeah, little assembly <laughs> line of healing, bro. <laughs> the healing assembly line, you know? Yeah. Then the last one could be your, your screen print poster and you get a, <laughs> your, your certification, bro. Yeah. Hey, Go dog. A little something. Anything is possible, bro. <laughs> but I feel like that's like, um, or even the, the, the community work, right? I remember the first year we had like a panel, right? Right. Yeah. And like, even though it wasn't super cracking, people were there for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People were there for that. They weren't really like community members per se, but it was like something they found interesting and that they were willing to show up early for, right? right? So how do we find more things that are like, like maybe we do like our own little like sell out TED talk series type shit, you know, or we bring like speakers earlier, you know, I don't know. Like, oh, that'd be so dope. Remember we, 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 we experimented with like having speakers and workshops and all that, like. To be like a sell out talk. So let Ted talk. <laughs> well, Ted stands for something, right? So we'd have yeah. to find and like we have what to. What does that stand for? I don't even know. Uh, technology, entertainment, and design. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I think technology, education, design, technology, entertainment, design. No, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those education or entertainment, but it's definitely technology and design for sure. Support education and local arts talks. Sell out talks. Oh, oh, we're gonna have to edit that out so no one takes it. That's a shirt. Edit that out, sneaky. That's a shirt, bro. Yeah. We might have to edit out some of this because there's a lot of secrets, bro. A lot of Ooh, secrets we gave away. Man, homie. Somebody told somebody told me last year, bro. Don't don't talk about it. Be about it. You know. So don't put it out there till you're you're. It's it's out there. You know. Well, a lot of this, though, is accountability, you know? You say this right now, you listen to it, and then you're like, oh, fuck, now I got to do it because people are going to be asking about it. You know, I put it out in the universe, and now I'm accountable to the universe, you know? Yeah, but if you can't do it, then you can't talk about it. But if you can't talk about it, how are you ever going to do it? You got to think about it first. <laughs> you got to think about it first, you know? And, We're just and, thinking and out loud into microphones. You just got to think about it. For sure, you got to be able to think about it, right? So you can even go out and execute. So for sure, you can't limit yourself there. You got to be expressive. Or but, what if we go the opposite direction, man? Instead of like less, like what if we have more st- stages like more areas but they're like smaller scale you know so that a single production or company or like entity could handle it you know like just have a bunch of mini parties all over the riverbed you know like damn bro you can bring the redwood to fucking (laughs) to the to to the stage right like little shit like that red, the redwood hour the border x hour you know the novocaine hour bro you know whoa like local sell out businesses you local know sell out businesses yeah all right man well it's been a good talk uh we pretty much covered everything i wanted to and more and i even got we got some notes for how we're gonna handle 2020 this was super dope man um congratulations on your last final 
Thank you, homie. Thank you for uh, coming out, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yo, let's talk about recognition and respect While I feast, the label's picking up the check Then I leave to catch my set The audience never forgets When I'm on stage, their serotonin drips With each phrase from my lips Each riff that he rips The sway of the hips While I'm signing the tips